Jace Da, how we doing? Welcome to podcast number 20. Or should I say, welcome world. Um, I've been looking at the statistics this week of where you're all listening from, and obviously the majority is here in Cornwall, but um, there are quite a lot of foreign countries and um, cities that are listening to me, you know, like England, Scotland, um, there's even, well, say Edinburgh in Scotland, there's Manchester, also silly, California, there's a few listening. So it's fantastic. But I haven't seen any from Telskiddy as yet. But um, I suppose if you down by the harbour, really, at Telskiddy, I don't suppose you'll get much 3G or 4G there. But I would have thought up by the treacle mines you could get a good reception. But um, I do know a few people down there at Talskiddy, so perhaps I might give them a nudge just to make sure they ain't missing out. So this week, like every other week, has just flown by. Um, end of last week, we had a, a nice little presentation up at Weybridge Sports Centre. Um, most of you might know, well, you might not, but um, this year marks 40 years that I've been an undertaker. Started with Father in 1983. And 10 years ago, I thought to mark that anniversary, I'd start the Bray Charitable Fund. And that fund, we just give a bit of money to local causes and charities. And I do say to them at the time, do you want me to just do this anonymously? Or do you want to perhaps put a little bit on our website or Facebook page or something just to give the cause and the charity a bit of publicity, which can hopefully give them a little bit more support and maybe more donations in the future. And this was the case last week with the North Cornwall Dragons Swimming Club. And that's a swimming club of youngsters coming, I think it was a mixture of originally of a club in Wadebridge and a club in Bobman. And they train at the sports centre here in Wadebridge and enter a lot of competitions. So um, if you want to see a bit more info, it is on our, our Facebook page and our website. But um, we went up there, had a couple of photos and everything. So, um, yeah, all was well. I have got a lot of admiration for these children because um, my swimming skills are, well, pretty much non-existent. And in fact, when I was young and going up to the school, I did nearly drown. And um, just a few hundred yards away from where we were last week. And I don't know if anybody who went to the comp can remember, but there used to be an outdoor swimming pool by the changing rooms. Well, that's all gone now. You drive over it now. It is um, a little road that goes down to the primary school. But... Um, we used to go there swimming, and as I said, I couldn't swim. So what happened was I was walking down the, the from the shallow end to the deep end, and, of course, what I didn't realise is that when you're walking down part way, all of a sudden there was a deep slope which took me into the deep end. And I went, I slipped, and I went under, and I was, my hands and my arms was flailing everywhere. I was going down, I was coming back up, I was swallowing water, and um, I, I was in a bit of trouble, really. I eventually managed to clamber over to the side of the swimming pool, and I must have been looking pretty grey, really. I was coughing and spluttering up water, and the teacher come over and said, are you all right, Bray? I said, well... I ain't really, no. 
he said, well, I saw you there and I thought you was just showing off. But uh, there we are. But uh, so I got I'm full of admiration for these children. Anyway, I, I wish I could swim. I know after that incident, we was um, friendly with Barbara and Barry Pokenhorn. And I was good friends with Jane. She was just a year older than me. And Jane couldn't swim either. So um, it was decided that we would go swimming lessons down at Newquay. So we went down for a six or eight week course, something like that. Course, she learned to swim in a couple of weeks and I come away six, eight weeks later, no further forward. And I ain't much better now, to be honest. So there we go. One evening over the weekend, this weekend, we went for a walk. We decided we'd walk up round West Hill and down through Trevanson. And as we come through Trevanson, it did give me the idea of what I'd talk about this week, because that was my paper round. So I thought I'd just talk about a couple of jobs that I had when I was at school in the summer holidays and before school. Child labour, I'm calling it, but um, it was good times anyway. So I was at school and one of my mates at the time, Dave Antonio, I haven't seen him for decades now, Dearman, um, he had a paper round at Dunbar's, the news agents up Moser Street. Um, Sproul solicitors are there now. And um, somebody had given up the round. So he said to me, would I like to come and take over the round? So, uh, yeah, I thought I would do it. Well, I don't know if I got the short straw or no, because twas was Now, I got nothing against Trevanson at all. In fact, it's a handsome little village, really. But the trouble is, tis at the top of West Hill, or near enough at the top. And back then, newspapers was twice the size of what they are now. And it seemed that nearly everybody in Trevanson actually had a newspaper. Um, the daily one was the Western Morning News, and Thursdays was the Cornish Guardian. And Mr Dunbar, I went in to see him, so I got the job. So on Monday morning, I went in sorted out me round, and off I went. Well, like I say, going up that hill, you couldn't cycle up with that bag. It was bulging. So I had to push me push bike up. I got a feeling Mrs. Barnicott there at Lane End, I think she was the first house I had. And then my Auntie Marina, she lived, well, pretty much next door to that now. She didn't at the time, but she did. She does now. So anyway, then I would go in through Trevanson right into the heart of the village. And back then, you could exit it by going up to the left. It's a dead end now, but you could go up there to the top and then turn left, and then my last house, you can going down the top of West Hill, up there on the right, and it have only just been scat down in the last um, month or two, which is a pity, really. I wish I took a photograph of it before it was scat down. But um, I expect if I go on Google Earth... Um, I might be able to find it there. But um, I remember once I nearly did come a cropper because the slope going up the drive up to the house was quite steep. So you pedal like hell um, going down west, top of West Hill and then you scoot up there. And, of course, this one time I didn't see the car come the other way and I was going like evil Knievel. And um, luckily I just got up in front of him and got up to the house. But I, I was more careful after that. So Thursdays was always the day I dreaded. And some of you might say, well, hang on a minute. Cornish Guardian comes out on a Wednesday. 
Well, it do now, but back then, it was always on a Thursday. And I don't know for what reason they actually brought it forward a day, but in our house now, and even if I go up Mother's and she'll say, what day is it today? And I'll say Tuesday or whatever. But if she always asks me and it's Thursday, I never say Thursday. I always say it is Guardian Day. So she knows. And in fact, we had a dear friend, dear old Mick Bear, and the legend have it, I'll check this, but I'm sure it is uh, true because I was told it, and um, was that dear old Mick, uh, when the Guardian changed from the Thursday to the Wednesday, he would go in, go in NSS to get his Western Morning News on the Wednesday, and he would walk right past the Guardians, and he wouldn't buy them until the next day, because Thursdays was Guardian Day, and that's the way it should be. So as I was... Um, Walking through Trevanson, it did bring back memories. We had loads of friends that lived up there and people that I gnawed. But um, just as I was getting up to the Hollies, that reminded me of my music teacher, Miss Cox. And she lived just opposite where she lived now is my dear friend Conrad, the physio. If if ever I got a few knots and aches and pains, I go up there and go, he sort me out. I, I, I learned to wear a long sleeve shirt because... Um, I have to bite on the sleeve a bit when he's working away there, but I'm sure he gets a lot of pleasure out of my pain, but I always come out a change man. Anyway, back to Miss Cox. What happened was I had a guitar when I was six, and I said to Father, I need somebody to teach me. So Miss Cox was the local music teacher in the town, and she played the organ in the churches and everything. So Father got hold of... Mary and said David want to learn the guitar so she come along and um, had a few music books and we had a uh, two or three lessons I was learning stuff like she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes and old brown jug and things like that and then after a couple of lessons she said right that's enough of that rubbish let's do theory so from then on as far as the guitar playing goes I was on my own and I did struggle well, for quite a few years, trying to find something relevant, you can kind of there, you've got your guitar and you've got your record player. So you just play a bit of the music, then you lift the needle up, then you've got to try and work it out on your guitar. And to until Graham Ock come to school when I was 14, and instead of she'll be coming around the mountain, he had the chords for Paranoid and Smoke on the Water and all stuff like that. So that was just, that just jump started me guitar playing. Anyway, with Mary, f- fantastic music teacher, she actually got me up. I did get up to pass me grade six music theory. And I say she lived there um, going up through Trevanson. And the exams was always in the little hall just further up. I think it was Trevanson Victory Hall, I think it was called. So me memories of that place, they were a little bit vague. I'm sure I can remember, I think it was a low ceiling place, and I'm sure they used to have the darts dry league there, um, where you know the, you play darts and it's not in a pub, and I think, the dry league. And I'm sure there was like holes in the ceiling above the dartboard where some people would throw them too high and the darts had stuck in the ceiling. And, of course, Loveday King, she was a fantastic darts player at Trevance, and I, I think her father was Darky. No, father-in-law was Darky King, if I'm right. I, I think he might have been a brother-in-law to Mary. I have to check my facts, or I'm pretty sure I'm right. And we used to go up there and take our exams anyway. But um, 
yeah, the hole have gone now, like a lot of other things, but um, spent a lot of hours there, um, crouched over me pen and doing music exams. But um, yeah, that that all went well. So I was there for quite a while with um, Mr Dunbar, lovely man. And then one day he did say that he was retiring and that the shop was shutting. And I thought, well, perhaps that's uh, the right time for me to stop the paper round two. I was 48 at the... No, I'm joking. I wasn't 48. No. Um, I was still at school, but I thought, yeah, I think that's the right time for me to stop as well. So we both stopped together. And then I think from memory, that's when Bricknell's just down the road there at Molser Street, they then took over the paper round. The other job I had then, a year or two later in the school holidays, was working down at Weybridge Printers. So Peter Chapman run the Weybridge Printers, was down there in Collop and Hughes' yard, Mike Hughes and Peter Collop. And um, what else did we have there? We had the squash court on the end. Then we had dear old Mike May. He had his garage there. And then to his Weybridge Printers. And down below was Pete Marsh, Glen Graphics, and then Weybridge Printers up above. And um, I worked there for a couple of years, all the school holidays. Um... Back then, everybody smoked. That was, you know, there's not there isn't much smoking going on now. Well, not as much as there was. And that was my first job in the morning. So I was only about 14. And my job was to go over and get the cigarettes for him. I don't know if it was John Player Blue or John Player Red. But go over to Franklin's Tobacconist there in Molser Street. Come back and then put the kettle on. I can't remember what was next door then. I know... Perhaps that might have gone right then to Ray Davis Foods, which um, is still there now with Chris Taylor. He uh, runs out there now. But um, that was the little units. And then Tim Jones, he now got his place just opposite. But um, it was a very busy business, really. And um, you thought it was a job for life because all the printing that was done, any posters in town for any events or whatever. Um, also another big job, I think it was Button... Manana and Mutton would it have been um, if they had an auction or something like that you had to do all these little booklets and you thought well you know this is a good job for the future but of course with the invention of the computer and little mini printers you know it all changed but some of the big printer machines they had oh they was fantastic and they had this lovely noise to them it was like Windy Miller's windmill. I don't know if you hear the, the can remember the noise of Windy's windmill, but the they had a rhythm to them. These printers, fantastic machines, and you would set them all up and um, stand there, and off they would come. Then you put them into booklets, cut them, trim them, staple them. Fantastic job. And um, also, we did a lot of raffle tickets, and. Um, I must try and get my met Alan Roberts on here, actually, because he got a few funny stories about his experiences with raffle tickets. So um, that might be one for the future. So, like I say, I worked there for a couple of years and um, I saved up all my money. And it was with that money I bought my first electric guitar, which was actually a bass guitar, a Fender Telecaster Custom. Short neck. I still got near now, actually. Um, he was a horrible brown colour when... Um, when I hadn't first, I didn't go much on that. So um, we took it all to bits. Um, Graham Hawk helped me. We took it to bits. And I took it down to Mike Champion's um, 
car place down there for the spraying, and they um, sprayed them black. I most probably wiped hundreds of pounds off the value of the thing, but um, sprayed them black anyway. But I've still got now, all these years later, 40 years later, he's been knocked about a bit now, but um, still a nice little guitar, really. So when I left then, I think Jeff Allen, dear old Jeff, he, he lived out rock there. He went in and helped Peter, and they went on until... Obviously, the business closed, and dear old Peter have gone on as well now, as of Mike and Pete Collett. But, um, yeah, it was lovely times back then, and um, all was well. So that was the only two jobs I had while I was at school. Then went to sixth form, and father and mother, they'd taken over the funeral business then, so I, I did help they a bit um, evenings, weekends, and um, school holidays. And then, of course, then I started working full-time, in 1983 so there we go well i think that's uh that's enough nonsense for this week um i hope you've enjoyed it um oh hang i gotta think of the word of the week hang on a minute right back again i thought what i would do would be topical seeing i was on about me newspaper round i would do the cornish for newspaper which is paper noah though there we go how about that well wishy well Hope you have a good week. Speak to you next week. Do Guinness.